0: Good morning. Good morning. Church family. Welcome. Welcome. Wow. You got quite really quick. You got you got a minute 40 left to keep talking with your neighbor and fellowship a little bit. Real quick announcement before we get started. There are some slips. I mentioned this a moment ago at the tables in the back. If you wanted to submit a question this morning, the question is, why do I need to give my money to the church? Why does the church need my money? We're going to talk about giving this morning, so if you'd rather not text and write it down, there are some slips back there and a little basket up here you can place that in anytime time before uh, we get into the message part of the service. So it's good to see you this morning. Let's prepare our hearts for worship.
1: Good morning. It's a privilege to be here. It's exciting to be here to worship the Lord, to uh, be in fellowship, to commit ourselves to sound instruction, and to discover what we can do to contribute to the church with our giftings and abilities. And so, it's nice. It's nice to be here with you. This morning, I'm going to be here with my bride, Lindsay, Lindsay Outlaw Walker. My in-laws are outlaws. <laughs> be reading from. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you, good measure. pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It's the word of God for the people of God.
2: Thank you, Greg and Lindsay. Let's pray as we begin our service. Heavenly Father, we just come to you today, and Lord, we are thankful for just who you are. Thank you for what you've done for us, and uh, Lord, we are thankful people here today um, because we serve a a faithful and awesome God, and Lord, uh, just thank you for uh, watching over us. Thank you for uh, all that you do um, for our, our church. Lord, and it's just awesome to see how you just continue to move in the hearts and the minds of our our folks here. And Lord, I pray that you would just continue to be with us as we uh, reach out into our community and as we seek ways to uh, share the gospel with folks uh, that we come in contact with on a daily basis. Lord, may you continue to use our congregation uh, to expand the kingdom of God uh, through salvation in Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome to Crossroads today. We are glad to see you all here and um, those that are visiting and members alike. And uh, we ask uh, that you just uh, enjoy your time. Enjoy uh, the spirit of the Lord today and worship. And uh, we are so glad that you're here and looking forward to what God's going to do in the service today.
0: Thank you, Heath. It is, good. it is good to see if you're visiting with us today. I just want to remind you as well, you may have to stretch just a little bit. There should be a card in the seat back of the seat in front of you. Just grab that if you will and fill that out when the basket comes by. If you weren't able to put your offering in the box in the back, they'll be passing the baskets here in just a minute. How many can believe it's November coming? Wow. Wow, it is on the way. It is on the way. I can't believe it. Just a few couple weeks, I guess, to go. And uh, we've got a lot going on in the next two weeks. We'll have our Trunk or Treat. If you want to help with the candy supplies or bring your trunk, uh, then you can do that. Sign up with Kayla and she'll get you plugged in. Uh, I know I've already gotten several uh, emails from folks who came to the car show saying, Hey, we want to come to that. So, So that's fantastic. Also, we will be having, I know we've had a lot of visitors. And if you're visiting today, we're glad you're here. Uh, We're going to be having our new members classes the first three Sunday mornings during our small group time in November. So if you want to find out more about our church, you know, what does it mean to be a part of Crossroads, please mark your calendar for those that are coming up. And uh, on the 25th, which is next Sunday night, uh, it's chilly outside. It's time for some s'mores that time of year, right? So we're going to have some s'mores. We're going to watch an episode of The Chosen uh, here on the big screen. So if you want to come out and join us for that fellowship. Tonight, we're going to be having our our last session in this first kind of time period for Disciple Life. So come on out and be a part of that. And uh, we're just going to have a great time uh, together. Also, some have asked about kind of the financial update that's in there. And we'll actually maybe talk about that a little bit more in our message today, but that's in the handout. So please pick up one of those are you glad to be here this morning awesome you could be elsewhere and some of those elsewhere places wouldn't be so good so I'm glad that that you're here and uh, Jeannie is going to come lead us in song and I know your heart's going to be blessed so come lead us this morning thank you for coming
1: may we pray most gracious heaven, heavenly father we thank you for this opportunity that we have together in your house today thank you for the opportunity that you give us to meet with your family to mix with our brethren to enjoy your pleasures that you give us lord now we come here t- this time To give back some portion of that that you have given us already. Lord, may you continue to give us the ability to manage your kingdom as we should here on this earth. We especially come here today to thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we do pray. Amen. Amen.
3: hello pastor jack i'm happy to send you some of our photos taken yesterday from one of our evangelism meeting open air meeting that we had in one of the areas in which uh, no church has been planted the gospel message has not been uh, preached there and the people there have not yet heard the gospel message we had hundreds and hundreds of people gathered we had so many people attending the evangelism meeting and so many people came to jesus the initiative to uh, stay there because we have got hundreds of people who have given up their lives to jesus and they will need leadership and uh, yesterday uh we stationed that person And uh, uh, on Wednesday, they are starting a meeting as a church. Thank you very much. God bless you.
0: Just a quick update on the impact of giving from uh, our friend Pastor Mark Zimbiri. And I don't know if you get the uh, Malawi accent or not, so we tried to close caption some of it. But you'll remember a few months ago, I guess maybe six months ago, many of you gave for Bibles. And they went on a crusade. And uh, this was their second crusade that there there were hundreds and hundreds of people came to know Christ. Uh, They've planted three churches, and one of those churches will start meeting as a church on Wednesday. So that's a result of the impact of your gifts. So I just wanted to share that with you and say thank you this morning. And uh, can we give the Lord a hand for using us? Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen.
4: Let's all stand together and sing these great songs of the church. The first song is an old Baptist song. Some of you are going to know and some of you are going to say, I have never heard that song ever before. Trust, try, and prove me. It's taken right out of scripture and it's a wonderful message and song. And the second song we're going to be singing today is, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Let's sing out today.
0: church family, while we're getting our living room reset up here. Thank you. That was quick, wasn't it? Don't you wish you could remodel your home living room that quickly? I mean, it's, it's kind of simple, but uh, anyway. Hey, we're glad that you're here this morning. We had some great discussion last week. If you, uh, if you missed it, you were missed. Uh, we talked about the importance of a, of a church community, a faith community, a church congregation, and we had, we had a lot of questions. We had a couple left over that I want to squeeze in real quick um, from, uh, from last week. It was great to hear you share that. And uh, Greg actually mentioned this in uh, his comments before the prayer about us receiving as the family of God and listening as the family of God. And we talked about last week how in our culture... Our culture has wired us to really think in a more cons- consumeristic mindset. That what does the church mm-hmm. have for me instead of what is my contribution as a part of a group. It, it's interesting that you know maybe this is an area we could learn a little bit surprisingly from the world, because the associations at, and and clubs. Church is not a club. Okay, I know that. But some of the commitments that people make being a part of associations that really aren't even faith-based, we might learn a little bit in the church for about committing not just to the organization, because we're not a part of an organization. We're a part of an organism. Mm-hmm. It's living, it's active, it's different. And so as we commit to each other under the lordship of Christ, who is the head of the church, we'll see some great things happen. So thank you for the discussion last week. Today, we're going to talk about the uh, the topic, why does a church need my money? So, let me give you the answer real quick. The church doesn't need your money. All right, let's pray. Let's have the invitation. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if it was that short? The church really doesn't need your money. You and I need to give as a reflection of our heart and our, our praise to God. So, uh, we're going to get started with some questions and... Um, if you want to text, I think there's a slide that maybe has, there we go, has the number on there. You can text, and we've got some, some slips already right here if you weren't able to text. And you can bring these up at any, at any time. If you're good at making paper airplanes, you can do it from your seat, or <laughs> you can just come up and, uh, and put it up here. I, I, I know uh, for some of us, uh, what we did last week uh, is different. And this week, and we have one more week next week, and so uh, I understand this is a little more informal, maybe than what we're used to, but um, uh, church family, I, I, after being here almost a year now, or a little more than a year, hopefully my heart has come through, I, I really want us to understand what the scripture says about certain subjects that are that are being talked about in, in the world. And, um, and so that's the reason we're kind of doing this a little bit different. So if you have a question, you want to text it, feel free to do that. Um, Greg and Lindsay, thank you for sharing that scripture to get us going this morning because really that scripture that they read for us is one of the foundational truths about giving, uh, that when we give to the Lord, um, it will be given to us, pressed down, shaken together and pouring over. Now that doesn't mean, I know there are some churches in our, in our community, uh, I could drive to some of those churches in a few minutes, and I'm not going to say their names, but there are churches in all over the world, all over the country, that say, well, if you just give to God, He'll just give back to you. If you give Him $10 this week in the mail, you'll probably get $20. Uh, you show me that in God's Word, and I'll, I'll agree with that, but that's not what God's Word says. God's Word does say that if you give, it will be given to you pressed down, shaken together, rolling and pouring over, into your lap with the same measure that you use. But that doesn't always mean financial. Sometimes it does mean financial. I was sharing with Joey before our service got started that that, uh, one of the things that we, I think we did get right, Lynette and I have messed up along the way in our marriage, but one of the things that we did get right is even when we didn't have two dimes to rub, rub together, we still gave to the work of the Lord. And uh, I think 20 plus years later, some of the fruit that we're seeing in our lives is because we, even though it was painful, we did what God's word said at the beginning. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. So um, if you've got your Bible, have it handy because we may be flipping around a lot. But I I want to kind of start with a question and then we're going to jump into some of these that have been written. Um, Why do we give? Why do we give? A great question, and and Paul talks about this a lot in his book to the uh, to the church at Corinth. He talks a lot about giving. That that really in chapter sixteen he talks about how our giving is an expression of our faith. Um, we all know, folks. We all know God doesn't need our money. God owns it all. That's
2: right.
0: What you and I have, God has allowed us to have for us to be a steward and a and a manager of it. Psalm 24.1 says it this way the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So it all belongs to God. I'm just a manager of it. So God doesn't, it. it's not that God is up in heaven going, whoo, if they don't give at crossroads, whoo, what's going to happen? I mean, my will's not going to be accomplished. His will's going to be accomplished because He's God. Amen. The question is do we want to partner with Him as the creator of the universe to see it accomplished? So we give as an expression of our worship as an overflow of our our grace, I asked Heath to to kind of help us think about this a little bit because in uh, North America, we are so blessed that maybe the blessing of God has caused us to forget the giver. We like the gifts, but we forget the giver. And uh, what does God's Word have to say about that?
2: Well, um, several things. 1 uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, uh, he's talking about the love of money here um, to young Timothy. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing in the world and we can take nothing out of it. And, you know, it's, we're tempted in, in our culture to think that well, the more money that we have, uh, then the better off our lives will be. Instead, of, uh, Sometimes we ought to be thinking, you know, as God continues to bless us, um, that we can continue to bless others, you know, more greatly. We can continue, like our friends in Malawi, uh, our friends in the Dominican Republic, and uh, even the ministries in, uh, in this community, uh, you know. So yeah. I think that's one of the temptations that we've got to to fight against is um, that of um, as we, the Lord allows us to prosper more, um, to resist that temptation uh, to kind of, Live a more comfortable life for for us, um, you know, and that's like I said, that's the way that our culture kind of programs us. Um, well, that just means that we get to, uh, you know, have a bigger house, have you know, have a have a nicer car and things like that. But really, if if we understand that everything that we have is the Lord's, uh, we understand that's that right. um, uh, that the Lord has has blessed us. Mm so that we can continue to bless others right. and bless, bless them more. Yeah. So.
0: And, and you probably have heard this said, I may have even said this, I can't remember. God has not necessarily blessed us to raise our standard of living, but maybe to raise our standard of giving. That's not my quote, I stole that from another pastor probably, because it's just <laughs> stuck in my brain. But that is so true, and that is North American thinking. That doesn't mean when God blesses you, don't bless your family, don't take a vacation, don't do something fun. But the reality is God sometimes blesses us so that we can be a blessing. I want you to stand up. Some of you are going to sleep on me this morning. Stand up with me. I've got a blessing for you. Ready to receive it? May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you. Doesn't that feel great? That's from Psalm 67 verse 1. I've had pastors say that blessing to me many, many times, but finally a pastor said, I need to give you the full blessing because it actually is verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 67. There's no punctuation after verse 1. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you so that his will will be done on the earth and salvation will come to all mankind. Amen. You can have a seat. Doesn't that feel good? But we like in North America the warm fuzzy. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you like the rays of the sunshine in the fall beautiful day. I mean, hallelujah. Woo! I need a hanky. (laughs) But God's blessed us for a reason. God has blessed us to impact our world. And I'm grateful that our church is doing that, not just in places like Malawi, but right here and all all over the world. So, to Heath's point, uh, I saw the statistic. I've probably shared this with our church, too. And you see that verse there. There's great gain in godliness with contentment. In America, if your household income... Actually, this is worldwide. If your household income is more than $20,000... Now, we would say in America that's poverty level. Okay, But if your household income is more than $20,000, do you realize you 're in the top five percent of wealth on the planet yes we don 't think that because we drive through neighborhoods where we go, "Wow, look at that! I wish I had that oh look at that pool I wish <laughs> but we are we are blessed, and sometimes the blessing of God, if we 're not careful can can get away with us
2: when, so, and I think too I think we all know folks that um, are are very generous with their time with their their talents with with their finances and uh, you know so many people ask, well you know why does God continue to to bless them? Well, I think it's because they're being good stewards of the the blessings that God has given them, mm-hmm. and so uh, as, as they continue to bless and continue to give, and all, God just continues to um, to bless and, and use them because he knows that their their heart is is to give back that's right
0: that's right. So here, here's a question for us, and I'm, I'm assuming this means, this was written in, I'm assuming this means for us here at Crossroads, so as the newest member of the staff, I'll, I'll let Joey and Heath maybe chime in <laughs> first, and then I can chime in with what I've learned in the last uh, year or 14 months or so. So what and whom decides the top priorities of what is given? Good question, good question. So what decides or who decides the top priorities of what is given how do we do that in the life of crossroads with our stewardship team and our church family how do we how do we well,
4: determine that Well the the budget itself is a process mm-hmm. and uh, the stewardship team basically ask all heads of all departments to submit a budget to them according to their line item then they discuss and often they will ask input, and then as staff, we have given input about this is where we think God is leading this year as far as this, this, and this. And uh, the stewardship prays and prays, and they gather together, and they submit the budget. Now, we're going to get to this in a moment. Uh, we are being obedient by giving of our tithes. That's something that God requires us Christians We give our tithes. It says, bring you the tithes into the storehouse, that you bring your tithes to the church. But there are offerings above your tithes. And then those offerings are used for special events, such as mission trip fundraisers or other uh, worthy causes that we do. And uh, families at (laughs) Christmas, uh, Mm. that's coming up. But the way our budget is done at our church is through a process. Mm-hmm. And um, those of you I asked last week, those of you that are serving on our, our stewardship team, why don't you stand up? Why don't you stand up where people can see and let them know that you're praying? Well, there's one. Janice, James is counting. Uh, Angela is probably with children back mm-hmm. there in the back. Yeah. And... Um, I'm trying to think the other two, uh, Joni Daniels,
0: Joni Dan- Howard, Howard's Howard Moore's children back there with, with the children, children as
4: well. So pray for those as they. I hope that answers. I hope that answers the question. Yeah.
0: So that's that's great, and we and we do we we collectively do that as as a church to have input. Yes. So um, if if you don't feel like you've had input, it's you, you do you do you just need to let your voice be heard and to let uh, one of the staff know, uh, which which kind of. We kind of answered a question before, there's a question before that question, and that question would be, where do we give? Where do we give? And the scripture that Joey talked about is, we first give to the church. That is part of our, we talked about last week, our commitment to one another, and our commitment to Christ as the head of the church, is we give to our local church. Um, and, And we can give to other organizations, and Lynette and I give to other organizations, but our first priority is to the church. To which we belong. That's, the, that's another part of the importance of church membership. And why be a part of a church? Because the reason to be a part of a church is... Because we are collectively, under God's authority as the head of the church... We are pooling our resources together to carry out the vision of God that He's given for our local church. So, if there are some of us that aren't contributing to give to the vision that Christ has given us for our local church then I would encourage you to be a part of that body to help us give and accomplish what God has called us to do as a part of Crossroads. So, the, so that question of where is pretty clear in Scripture. Give to your, to your local church. Above that would be other offerings that you may give to other ministries that you have a heart for. And, and let me say this, church family, and I've believed this for years, and unfortunately I haven't seen it played out in our world, maybe one day, maybe not. As somebody, and most of you know this, as somebody who also leads a nonprofit parachurch organization with our effort in the Dominican, I would say to you, as I've said to many churches along the years, there really should not be any parachurch organizations. That's right. You with me? You're not going to sleep on me, are you? <laughs> the reason there are parachurch organizations is because the church. Us and other bodies of believers have not met the needs of people in the community. Therefore, other parachurch organizations have been birthed to do what we should be doing as a local community. Soup kitchens, helping kids who don't have parents. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And again, we can't do that all as our local body. But if we did the things in our community where God has provided opportunity and the other churches did that, we wouldn't need parachurch organizations may sound interesting to his, hear that from somebody who leads one, but I've said that for years even from the beginning. So we should be doing the work as a church to reach the people in the Dominican Republic, Malawi, Africa, Greer, South Carolina. We should be doing that because that's what God's called us to do. So the first place we should be giving as is, is people of faith is to our local body right here. And then above and beyond that, even here at Crossroads, we have our tithe. And then uh, I want Joey to share a little bit about we have offerings we're in the midst of one of those offerings right now that we give as a Baptist church to the Southern Baptist Convention as an offering. It's not in our, this is not in our church budget either, by the way. This is an over and above offering that we take up to help support some of the work of the convention of which we're a part.
4: And connect with what uh, Jack is just saying. One of the best things that Southern Baptists, one of the best things that we do as Southern Baptists, is we are part of the cooperative program. Mm -hmm. Now, the cooperative program itself spans so much, and I am am an advocate of the cooperative program. If you want to know more, I invite you to Google or whatever your engine is on your computer to research. Type in cooperative program. I'm gonna give you just some statistics here. In cooperating with churches all over, We actually give monies to the cooperative program and it supports our state convention and it also supports national missions. I love the the statement that's on their website, the financial fuel for reaching every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation. The cooperative program basically does many, many things. It helps three major organizations That's the International Mission Board, our North American Mission Board, and then also in our state. Now, as we look at International Mission Board, and what do they do? Uh, The International Mission Board reaches over 800 people groups in the world. They had over 13,898 church starts last year. It helped over 200 people groups with self-sustaining ownership. Supporting their missions within their people groups. There were 28,000 people that received training from theological institutions. There were close to 52,000 people baptized, with 77,600 new believers. The Lighty Moon Christmas offering that we take at Christmas time goes directly to those missionaries on the field and it helps. Them by supplies and also things that go to help reach people for Christ. Our North American Mission Board supports around 6,700 missionaries on the field here in North America. It helps support 878 new church starts. It supports chaplain programs, college kids in mission work during spring break. And then we support the Annie Armstrong. Easter offering, which helps in turn goes directly to missionaries in North America. The South Carolina Baptist Convention provides resources to strengthen churches. It helps support college kids with scholarships and helps them with summer missions and spring break. It supports camps and retreats for all ages in our state. It provides ministry in our port cities, which many of you donate, make, and donate uh, the sailor's caps that we mail. It also supports collegiate ministries. Many of y'all may remember, I do remember the Baptist Student Union. Mm. Well, now it's no longer called that. It has a more sophisticated name, Mm. the Baptist Collegiate Ministry. (laughs) And then in our state, we are so fortunate to have great institutions that our state Contributes The North Greenville University, Charleston Southern, Anderson University. We support the Ministry for the Aging, Martha Franks and Bethay Retirement Communities. The Janie Chapman offering that we are just finishing up. It helps support South Carolina missions, and that includes our beach ministries and more port ministry, multi-housing ministries. There's so many things a cooperative program does that the local body cannot do on its own. But we cooperate with churches from all over the Southeast and all over the world that affiliate with the Southern Baptist Convention, and we're able to do so much more. And that, Jack, goes in what you're saying, that if we start collectively giving our monies in our church, as I've said many times before— if everybody would give their tithes and offerings, this church would have more money than what they would know what to do with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's every church. We wouldn't happen to have... You're talking about mission supports? Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Thank you. So, so maybe for some of you that you, that's new, you didn't, you didn't know that. Um, and, and I would say to you, and we've talked about this as a staff, um, getting the information... Uh, as we just share with you, the video from Malawi, getting the information from our state and from our uh, convention Southern Baptist Convention on the results of what your money does and, and more frequently letting you know one of the things as, as a Southern Baptist guy who grew up and went to school because of Southern Baptist money and was educated because of Southern Baptist money and i 'm serving in a church because of Southern Baptist money. Um, one of the things I would say that we need to improve on and we want to do as a staff is to let people like you, us in the congregation, know what happens when we give because we haven't done a good job at that. And that's why for some of us maybe who are my age and younger, I'll put myself in the younger category, grandpa. (laughs) Um, Those of us who are younger sometimes don't feel like we can trust what's going on is because we have failed sometimes to report what happens with the money that you give. So I want you to know our heart as a staff is you're yes. going to hear more updates. You're going to hear updates in just a few weeks at the end of the year and see on video all the things that happen in this church family as a result of you giving this last year. That's important. You know, our government calls that being transparent. Transparent. I haven't seen any videos from the government, though, lately showing me what's happening with my money. <laughs> but you're going to see that in the future through through uh, through the church because we want you to know uh, you're not just giving and impact is not happening. Because if you are giving and I'm giving and impact is not happening, it's time to redirect my giving. right? Because I want my money to count for the kingdom of God. So, uh, thank well, you, Joe. Anything you would yeah, add there? I was, about I was the just going to
2: say just... To, to even bring it closer to home, so many of our our students uh, who have gone to uh, to either Charleston Southern or North Greenville or Anderson, uh, they're they they've benefited through these ministries like the Baptist Collegiate Ministry uh, through some of these scholarships that are offered uh, through our through our convention uh, and the oppor- they're given opportunities through these BCMs uh, to go on these spring break and summer missions mission trips um, and so uh, I know. Uh, Two of our former students, you know, Tyler being one of them, and then Austin Graham served as Baptist Collegiate uh, BCM missionaries uh, with uh, with one of the campuses, one of the the public campuses, and all at, at USC Upstate. Uh, and so, uh, and we have opportunities throughout the year, um, especially with with Upstate, uh, to serve their students uh, just by providing a meal for one of their their meeting nights, and so. Uh, anytime that if you'd like to join us whenever we go and uh, and serve them you know just to kind of see what what God's doing in the hearts and lives of those college students uh, please let me know uh, because we'll probably be uh, heading up there uh, before the end of the year to to serve them so
0: thank you Heath. appreciate it how can a kid tithe when you make no money (laughs) I'm assuming you mean the kid's not making any money if you're not making any money it's hard too. But I, I, I would encourage you as a parent, uh, by the way, the number one reason people give, it's not for the tax deduction, though right now, at least for the foreseeable future churches, you can still give to churches and it's tax deductible. I think that is going to change maybe in my lifetime or for sure, maybe my kid's lifetime, like it or not. So it is tax deductible, not the number one reason. Number one reason, you may say, because it makes me feel good. It will make you feel good. The Bible's clear it is more blessed to give than to receive. But the number one reason, according to research, that people give is because their parents gave. Yeah. It was modeled.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: So if we're wondering why this generation is not giving, we need to look in the mirror because we haven't demonstrated or modeled giving. So we've got to do that. So if you have a child who has no money, give them a chore with the express purpose of giving them a little bit of money. So that they will learn how to give. I was with some friends this week. And I'll tell you more about that in a little while. In, in Delaware for a day. A couple of days this week. He has a 10 year old daughter. And they started giving her an allowance. And she has three baskets in the kitchen. And one is for saving. One is for spending. One is for giving. And they're teaching her about giving. So I want to encourage you to do that. Here's, an, here's another text. And if you want to text a question. Or again if you want to jot something down. And Run it up, you can. Uh, Here's another one. Uh, With such a drastic difference between Malawi and here in Greer, how can I be a blessing and minister to people right here where there appears to be so little, quote-unquote, need? Great question, great question. It is romantic, if I can use that word, spiritually romantic to give to Malawi, the Dominican, Haiti, because that's visual. And I can put a picture up here of kids who are hungry, and I'll have all of us not manipulating, but I can have all of us bawling before we leave the service. Because it's just true. It's just the world they live in, extreme poverty. It would be much harder for me to put a family of four up here and show you their million-dollar home and boat and swimming pool that lives right here in Five Forks, and for you to have a heart for them. You know what I think? I think that's a ploy of the enemy, because it looks like sometimes those that are materially blessed don't need Jesus. But I guarantee you, if you had a conversation with some of these, as probably all of us have and maybe you have at the local coffee shop, guess what you'd find out? They have the same void in their heart and need for Jesus that people in Malawi and the Dominican Republic. So to, to the point, maybe of the question, I'm not sure the point, but the point is, people are over there, That house I can see need Jesus as much as kids in Malawi, Africa need Jesus. So the answer is not which one. The answer is yes. Both. Mm -hmm. Both. And God has us in our unique sphere of influence, whether it's our job or our family or, you know, where we live, with the opportunity to infect, which is a great word to use maybe right now in our world, a great opportunity to infect people with the gospel so I want to encourage you to do it because it is, it is a both-and. I think too, is, uh,
4: and, and we've said, you know, Pastor Mike started the uh, the Scripture in Acts about at home and then our state, then our, our nation, then the world, uh, right out of, of the Scripture. Uh, and I think that continues because I, I truly believe if we do not do missions good at home, how in the world are yeah. we going to do missions somewhere outside? That's right. We have got to do missions at home, and there—trust me—there are people that we help all the time, oh. local. We protect names, but we—we we are in the helping. We're in—we're in the helping business and helping people meet a need, but also spiritually, but also physically as well there are many things that goes on during the week or during the months that goes on locally that's amazing. It's amazing. And we can see how God has worked out through so many of that.
2: Right. Uh, Well, just the other week, we had a young lady, or we had a lady that uh, had a need uh, in the community that we've ministered to in the past, and uh, she was needing some groceries. And so thankfully, we we have some grocery cards that we, we keep on hand for situations like that, and we were able to 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 help her and her family out in that need, and uh, many of the, some of the bus ministry families, uh, we help throughout the year uh, with uh, with different things, and especially at Christmas time. You know, some of the Christmas the families that we've we've served over in the community at Christmas time. But uh, going back to the the question about how to uh, about the kid tithing, mm. uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little insight on that uh, as as someone who uh, and, and i 've shared this with our students over the years, but as someone who uh, was brought up in the church and on as much as my mom uh, continued to to get us involved and continue to do one of the things that I would say that uh, I had to learn later on in life was uh, was that act of tithing, and so I would encourage encourage parents uh, to start young because, like I, I share. With our teenagers once they get a job you know they need to start tithing uh, they need to start you know or if they 're getting an allowance for doing something you know because um, because a dollar off of ten dollars you know this, if, if they can learn to give a dollar off of ten dollars it 's going to become easier when when they get out in the world and, and that paycheck's a lot more, so that means that tenth uh, is is a lot more uh, so but if it 's something that they have been taught and they it's, it becomes a part of their lifestyle. Because I'll tell you from uh, from my own personal standpoint, uh, that was one of the most difficult things that um, that I had to learn myself. Uh, even as a high school and college student, as uh, once I got a job uh, my senior year in high school, and uh, learning. Okay, well, you know, man it was a lot easier to give a dollar from that $10 as opposed to giving $20 out of my 200 you know, especially when I want those new tennis shoes or that new outfit and things like that and learn how to just save up. And thankfully, uh, Dave Ramsey uh, has helped us out with that over the years, thanks to Steve and Diane Graham uh, teaching that years ago. Um, but as long as, uh, as long as you can teach them at a young age, and all, it will be so much easier uh, and part of their life, just part of what they do, and they learn the benefits of it, uh, as opposed to someone who had to learn as a college student and as a young adult, uh, you know, what it meant to, you know, what it was like to tithe, because because um, we know, uh, you know, it gets harder as we get older and as we get into the workforce, so. Yeah.
0: And, and that also kind of brings up this next question, uh, how much do we give?
2: Because
0: mm. we've talked about the tithe, yes, and then there's some... Some folks who want to read the Bible, well, that's Old Testament. So I don't have to do that in the New... I'm in the New Testament. I don't, I don't have to give a tithe because I'm living in the New Testament. And, and we could spend a couple hours just talking about all the offerings, all the tithes that are listed in the Old Testament from Leviticus and Deuteronomy. It talks about there was a tithe for festivals and celebrations. Every third year there was a tithe that they gave to help the poor. Uh, Then they talked about first fruits that you gave. I mean, there was all kinds of tithes and offerings in the Old Testament. And then, of course, in Malachi, the scripture we're most familiar with, maybe, that Joey shared about bringing the tithe into the storehouse. But I remember when Jesus came on the scene, if you remember when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and had the conversation and said, what do I got to do to inherit the kingdom of God? What was Jesus' answer? Jesus said, Go sell everything you got and give it to the poor and then we'll have a discussion. And the reason he did that, I think, is because he put his finger on what was most important to that man. And for most of us living in North America, uh, I've heard people say, if you really want to see what's important to us, look at our checkbook. Or nowadays it would be look at our debit card report and you'll really find out what's important. And I've said this, and it's something that we're working on, and I'll be transparent with you. If you did a debit report at our house, you'd see Chick-fil-A, uh, Zaxby's, you'd see food. You'd see food. And she may smack me after the service, but yeah. I'm just being real. You guys know me by now, I'll be real. We're known by how we spend our money, that is the point. And we've got an opportunity to make an investment. So really, I I was sharing with Joey earlier, and Heath Heath being our student pastor as well as teaching pastor would know this to be true. When we ask the question, how much do we give? Can I just tell us what we're really asking when we ask that question? Because I've asked it before too, and I know what we're asking. We're asking a similar question that a teenager who is dating asks. And the question the teenager asks, who maybe doesn't know Jesus really well, and is getting physical with their date, they normally say, how far is too far? In other words, how far can I go on this date and still be pure? And when we ask the Lord the question, Lord, how much am I supposed to give? We're really asking a similar question. How much can I give, God, so that I stay in your great graces and I've given enough? versus the attitude of you are the creator of the universe who has saved me and redeemed me and crucified your son for me. And I'm asking how much I should be going. I want to give all of it. I want to give all of it. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got to live. on We have to live. I get it. You know, we have to pay bills and things like that. But our attitude, and really it is our attitude. I mean, you think about what Paul said to the church at Corinth. He said this in Chapter 9, I say to you, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Let each one, and here's the key, do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. I encourage you just to read the rest of that chapter. I'll stop there for sake of time. But that should be our attitude Is, wow, God, what, what, what else can I give to help you bring about your kingdom? I, I was at an event this week uh, in Delaware with some friends for a couple of days. They have a nonprofit radio ministry. Some of you wrote them a, a prayer card. Thank you because I gave that to them. And uh, we were there for two days. To raise their operating budget as a Christian radio station. And I wish I could have taken all of you with me. Because never, never in my life, ever have I seen the response of people who were giving cheerfully, and really the scripture, if you interpret it right, is hilariously the way that they were calling and giving. I mean, and the Holy Spirit was working because people would be on the other end of the phone weeping, going, how can I not give when the ministry of this station has impacted my life? And, and even when we met the goal early, the phones were still ringing. And people were st- we were saying, we're done, we're done, we've crossed the finish line, we've met the need. And the phones would still light up. And I'm telling the general manager, what is going on? And he said, wow. People are living out that scripture of just giving cheerfully and giving. If we passed the offering basket this morning and we knew it would be the last offering that we could take, probably be, be interesting what we would give. Be interesting what I would give, because God loves a, a cheerful giver. So I want to encourage us as a church family to maybe start thinking: How much can we give? How could we not give? What else could I give to support the work of Christ? And that goes again to what we talked about last week as far as being a part of a church body. I don't know. Joey doesn't know. Heath doesn't know. But, but I would ask you this morning the question, are you giving to this body? So that we can accomplish the vision God has given us. Because we won't accomplish it unless every person who's a part of the body is doing their part. And it's going to look different than what I give. What I give is going to look different than what you give. It's going to look different than what Joey gives. And that's what's so awesome is that God will take what all of us give, the proportionate giving, not equal giving, but equal sacrifice, and He will accomplish His will. Can I be really honest? If we are not giving, then the fruit of things that you see God doing... What part do we have in if we're not contributing to those? You say, well, I pray. Amen. And we're going to talk about that next week because prayer is an integral part of everything that we should do as a church and, and individually in our walk with Christ. But giving is a great opportunity for us to, to actually give evidence. At the, at the end of that chapter 9, Paul says it this way. He says because of the proof given by this ministry they people outside the church will glorify God for your obedience mm. so when people see us giving they're going wow they really believe what they say they're really putting their money where their where their faith is let me look see if we got any more questions anything that you or uh, Heath would add That's good good stuff all right i think we got all the questions there Um, so this morning, let me real quickly, we're going to wrap up, give you these three things and we'll, we'll pray. If you are not yet giving, I want to encourage you to start, start with a dollar, then go to $10, then go to whatever God has given you to give at least that 10%. I want to encourage you to, to give for some of us who are giving. I want to encourage you to increase your giving. Lynette and I could tell you if we had time this morning, I think I've told you a few over the last year, story after story after story of how God supernaturally provided when we gave, not having a clue what was going to happen. I don't know how to explain it other than you cannot outgive God. As matter of fact, He says in His Word, Test me and see. So, test Him. But here's three results, real quick, of giving as we close. The first one is this when we give, hearts are changed. When we give, hearts are changed. Second one is this. When we give, the church will be strengthened. The church will be strengthened. And the third one is that God will be glorified. And that's what we want as a staff. And I know that you want as a part of the body of Christ here at Crossroads. So let's let's pray together. Lord, we love you this morning. And uh, we thank you that you have actually given us the opportunity. Help us to see it this way. That you've given us the opportunity... To partner with you. You don't need us. You don't need us. But on the other hand. We're your plan A. No plan B. The people of God. Doing the will of God. To bring about the kingdom of God. That is your plan A. And in our world. It takes finances. God I pray. In front of this congregation. My friends. I just confess to you Lord. If there, are, I know there have been. And there may be in the future. Times in my life. Where I put things in front of being able to give to you would you point those out and would you convict me of those times doesn't mean lord that we can't do things special for our family and have things and have material possessions that's not at all what your word says but our heart motivation should be to see your kingdom come about and that when you do bless us maybe we need to stop for just a minute and say lord why are you blessing me is this for me or is it to advance your kingdom? Lord, I pray for a spirit of discernment right now for each of us. That we would be real with you. And Lord, in these moments, we would stop for just a minute and we would just ask you to speak to our hearts. Church families, you're there in your seat praying. I I know these are touchy subjects to talk about but the reality is when we have a heart for giving it demonstrates the heart of the giver who gave the greatest gift he could ever give the gift of his son I I don't know what we do in our lives that really looks like we're living for Jesus, maybe it's praying, maybe it's reading his word, perhaps it's when we give that we most look like god the father because he gave the best that he had for us i don't know but as you're in your seat this morning can i just ask you two questions as we close the first one would be this are you giving to support the work of god it's not about crossroads baptist it's not about funding the different line items in the budget that's visibly how it fleshes out but are you giving to the work of god are you giving to this body and if not, and you're apart, part, then are you really a part? I say that with all the love I have in my heart for you. Would you just ask the Lord, God, would you show me what I need to do when it comes to giving? And the second question I would ask this morning for, for many of us that are giving, is the Lord stretching you? What a crazy year it's been. I know last year we had a plan to, to have a God-sized budget, do some phenomenal things, and then the virus came. We're getting ready to have that opportunity again as we enter a new church year. Is God stretching you? Could you trust God to do even more through your finances this year? I don't know how God's speaking to you this morning, but can I just ask you very quietly and reverently would you just stand to your feet right there where you are? Would you stand with me? going to close in prayer in just a minute, but if you need to do business with the Lord this morning, as soon as I say Amen, I want you to know that uh, I'll be standing down here at the front I'd love to pray with you. If there's anything that you want to share that God said to you during the message today. I'm so grateful for Heath and Joey. then we'll be down here at the front. Father, I thank you for our church family. I thank you for the impact that we are having around the world and right here in our community, because this is a giving church. And I am so thankful for that. There are many that are giving way above and beyond, not even knowing how it's going to come in or where it's going to come from. And you step up and you supernaturally provide. And it is a joy to see people live with that kind of faith. So I pray that in the weeks and months ahead, you would stretch us to be those kind of people so that we could see you glorified and the church strengthened. And people would come to know Jesus, for it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church family. I love you. Miss a lot of you. Uh, We have a lot of folks in our church that we want to continue to pray for over these weeks that are struggling with uh, sickness, so be praying for them this week. Don't forget tonight, uh, Disciple Life at 6 o'clock. If you haven't joined a group, get in on this last session tonight, all right? God bless you. Have a good afternoon.